0: Welcome to Emma's podcast. Today, we are going to be laughing. I am going to share a story called Let's Wake Up the Entire Camping Ground. And it's related to last week's podcast that is based on our phobia. And this one, you're going to hopefully enjoy it. As I stated in my previous podcast, challenging ourselves by facing our fears, I am claustrophobic. And as time progresses, Claustrophobia turns into full-blown panic attacks. We are going to step back in time for a fun story today. My father had another bright idea. It was to move out from where we live to go south. When we heard that news, my sister and I started to freak out. We felt it would have been one of the worst decisions it could made. We also thought. This would pass, we could not imagine ourselves leaving. My mother at that time did not even argue, which made it even scarier for us. We thought she would go to battle to stop him from doing such a terrible thing. We were in our earliest teens. In order to convince us, he decided We should all go on a road trip. My father had a customized truck which he used for traveling and living in when he was going to work in different regions. With that in mind, he could actually have three persons sleeping in that truck and with the addition of the 10, my sister and I could sleep in that. Off we went on the road. Our first stop was the Mediterranean. The smell of the salt water in the air was wonderful. We were excited to be by the sea for a couple of days. We next moved on going deep inland to visit some wineries. We did stop at a couple of them. We did test some of the wine. The little one and I got my older sister drunk at 10 a.m. in the morning. Why, you may ask? Because wine was served to us as well. We had no intention of drinking it, but my older sisters did not mind drinking it at all. We were laughing when we left the last winery. My mother realized my older sister was drunk but did not say anything. Instead, she was in one of those rare occasions where she was laughing with us. As my father was driving toward the destination he wanted us to see, we started to realize it was in the middle of nowhere. People looked so scary to us. My mother's faces was starting to unravel as well. She still didn't say a word, but we could sense she wasn't going to agree to his latest idea. They both left us in a truck while meeting with someone. It was a smaller town than where we were currently living. As you may know, when you go into a small town, people can spot you right away as outsiders. We had to experience that. We felt like animals caged in a zoo. The look of those individuals was scary. We waited patiently inside the truck. An hour later, my parents came back. We were relieved to see them. My mother didn't look happy, which was good for us. After what we saw, we didn't want to live there. There were no bigger or medium cities nearby at all. It was reclusive and scary for us. As we left, my father drove north, but this time on the Atlantic side. We stayed by Arcachon, he found a camping ground. We set up our tent, ready to enjoy a couple of days by the ocean. It was a good camp, a lot of people were still there. We were at the end of August, the weather was nice. We had to climb huge dunes in order to see the ocean. The side we were on felt like being in a desert. At night was another story. My parents would sleep in a truck while the three of us would be in a tent. In order for me not to have a claustrophobic of a big episode, I needed to sleep with the tent wide open. But since there were a few mosquitoes, we decided to close the zipper. While everything seems okay at first, we all fall asleep peacefully. At about 3 a.m., while everyone in the camp were asleep, I woke up screaming my lungs out waking up the little one who was sleeping in the middle. She sat down while I was by the front of the tent trying to open it. She was calm and composed. She found the zipper, opened it. I literally jumped outside to take a fresh breath. We stayed up for a few minutes until I could calm down. Then we went back to sleep with the tent opened. The following night, my sister left the zipper open until I fell asleep but about 2 a.m., I woke up screaming again. She reached again for the zipper. I jumped out to take a breath of fresh air, then I went back into the tent, and we left the tent open and unzipped. The last day at the campground, they again let me fall asleep. Repeat, at about 2 a.m., I woke up screaming. This time, the little one tried to reach for the zipper, but could not find it. She tried for about 30 seconds, then stopped to panic. I was still panicking, but something came upon me while I was watching my sister. I looked at her with a calm voice, told her to move. She complied. I reached for the zipper. I found it and opened the tent. Both of us jumped out to take a breath of fresh air. It was pitch dark outside, but we started to laugh trying to make as little noise as possible, realizing that I have been waking up the entire campground for the past three nights. As you know, noise at night travels further than during the day. It was an extremely quiet camp at night. When we left the camp, we were laughing, thinking most people had been awakened by me. I felt sorry and a little ashamed about it but I could not control those panic attacks. We came back home. My father, for at least six months, talked about moving. By the grace of God, my mother put her foot down. I think we came close to moving into the middle of nowhere. So, this is a fun little story that happened to me. This is not the first time um, my Fabia um, kicked in. But you need to realize that in the middle of, or the end of uh, summer, in August, the campground was still busy and we were lucky to find a spot. Uh, most of them, when we drove up, were full. So imagine when you're going, you're camping and you get your neighbors around and everything is perfect, very family oriented. It was great. It was a great <laughs> Yeah, but imagine for a minute Then somebody screamed every single night at about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Just could not breathe. And my instinct was to try to bolt out of the tent. The first two nights, we were able to do that with my sister, the little one. Uh, she was able to stay calm, find the zipper, no problem. My older sister was deep sleep. I think anything could happen... The universe would drop, she would not hear it at all. She was asleep. So it was interesting when uh, the third night I arrived and then I woke up screaming and my sister could not find the zipper and she started to freak out, literally freaking out. We were looking at each other I'm like, okay. And I just found the calmness to just say, move out of the way, let me find it, I found it. Opened it and we both jump outside of the tent. It happened also into an RV uh, years before that. We were somewhere and we stayed for I think a week or two to some uh, my parents' friends, again in near the Mediterranean. And because I'm claustrophobic, we told them she's not going to sleep in a tent. So I did not sleep in a tent, but I slept in an RV. But I had the same issue with the RV because I woke up. One night, I did not want to leave that little window open, so I closed it. And it was a double bank bed, and I just panicked. I woke up, and I freaked out. I did not scream that day, thank God, that night. But I needed to keep that window open to feel the air for some reason. And that's what I did. But in that, uh, coming back to the camping ground, it was terrible for people to hear somebody screaming, because I was screaming, but it wasn't a small scream. It was extremely loud. It was somebody who tried to kill you, basically. That was a scream. <laughs> I would wake up, everybody around. But as I mentioned, claustrophobia is something that you can try to control. But at that time, I could not control it as well. And as the first night, we knew it, what could happen and that happened. But we couldn't leave that um, the zipper open because of the mosquitoes, and that's what the reason we closed that. We are hoping everything would be okay. But I freaked out. So for people who have like me, claustrophobia, it's kind of difficult to be sleeping in a tent. And I always will always remember that story where three days, three nights in a row I woke up an entire camping ground. So not proud of it, but it's still funny. Uh, especially when you get out and you're like oops sorry people I woke everybody up sorry you can go to bed everything is fine having phobia and working with it to try to improve or control them could be challenging however people who have claustrophobia and I, uh, I would say it's changing to full-blown panic attack. And the panic attack did not happen right away. It happened in my late teens, early 20s. This is where I started to realize this is not the regular claustrophobia. It's turning down to a full-blown panic attack. And I wasn't subject at that point to any panic attack. (laughs) Just accepting, accepting. My is not going to open the zipper. But it it happened later on. So there is an evolution into the phobia and that was something when we decided to face our fears with the little one and we went into that submarine. That was the reason we did that is to try to control it and face it to see how can we handle it. And we did okay. The first time I did not, several years before my sister uh, came and joined me to our trip, I did it but I did panic more and I was I was yeah, I was panicking. I was looking around, I'm like, okay, we're not gonna be screaming, but I am not feeling okay. I am ready to have a heart attack. I'm gonna it wasn't pretty. Except people could not see it because I'm lucky I I have what do you call it, um poker face, so I don't have if I need to hide something I can do my poker face and we're fine. But still inside of me I was screaming like like crazy. Facing it with her was interesting because you he helped us, the two of us, since we can balance each other and lean uh, towards each other every single time. Uh, it was easier to handle. And when we left, it was like, high five, we made it, this is good. I can control it to a certain level, then I don't have to feel to move up to the next level, which are panic attacks, which was good. But as I said, we were teens at the time with my sisters. And when we went to that camping ground, it a medium sized tent, and I would have thought, and would have thought, I would have been okay with the zipper closed. It did not. So I just wanted to share that story because it's a funny story <laughs> to tell. And I'm, as you can hear, I'm still laughing about it because I can see, I can picture myself panicking, waking up, and screaming in the middle of the night uh, to a quiet campground, <laughs> to the quiet. Uh, camping ground, which wasn't good, but it was a very interesting uh, moment to go back in time and look at it and just say, OMG, this is not good. But again, facing your fears is something, and it depends what kind of fears you have. It's a good things to do, and it's help to control those emotions and to figure it out, okay, how can I deal with it? Because claustrophobia, if I go like an airplane. And I noticed here in the U.S., the, some of the planes are small. And when I say small, I'm not a big person. I'm a petite person, size-wise. I'm tall, but I'm petite in size. And it happened to me a few years ago. I was going on in the East Coast. The flight that I took, the plane, the seats were so small, I almost had a panic attack right there. I was freaking out. I had to breathe several times and just trying to stay calm. And I was hoping the person before me will not recline the chair because I would just have a meltdown. The space they made it was so small. It was horrible. I don't remember which airline it was, but I did not like that. I flew later on with Southwest where you got more room, which was like, oh, thank God I can breathe. But there is some flight that will give me attacks because it's so small. Uh, The one that I went from Arkansas to Texas. Arkansas to Texas. Same thing. It was a very small flight. I didn't like it. I was lucky because I chose the exit seat so I was in the main aisle which was good for me because I'm like if anything fall or collapse I am jumping straight in the main aisle and I am not moving but some of the space like that are still a bit scary. It's not something that it's like oh I brush away I'm good <laughs> not claustrophobic anymore. Yes I still have claustrophobia but I can control it. Uh, going into an elevator so I know some people cannot do that. I can do it unless it's overcrowded and you like feel like a sardines. So I will say no I pass I takes the next I take the next one. Thank you. But again it depends on where I am and what are the space. But yes you need I need my space and I need to feel air and I need to be able to breathe. But still facing with a submarine was a great idea than we had. Maybe it sounds a little crazy for some of you who are listening and saying, she's insane, she lost it. Well, I lost it well long time ago, so we're good at <laughs> this point. But I think that doing it, uh to be able to step up and try to see how can I handle it, how can I breathe in deeply and doing a mantra in my head, repeating myself, everything is fine, I can breathe, I have plenty of air, I am good then you can do that. But I will say I will not go and sleep in a tent at night unless it's open. If it's open, I'm good. If it's closed, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) We're still going to have a problem with that because I do know instinctively I am going to wake up during the night panicking. So, yes, That was my story for today. I wanted to share this one because I thought it was a fun one. It is a fun one. I do and I will do more of those um, throwback in time Podcasts because I have some funny stories and I wrote blogs about it. Some I would not recommend but I will still share them because they are funny uh, and they are not to be repeated by anyone but I think it's a good thing once a while we need to uh, put a, a smile on our faces and laugh. One thing that I've learned a way long time ago is when we make fun of others, we need to be able to make fun of ourselves. And this is what I do because I like to make fun of myself, especially when situations arise like that. It's uh, I know some people will say I will never share that that these kind of stories. Well, I do because we can relate to it, and a good laugh doesn't hurt. It's a good thing. This was my fun story for today. It's a little short one. I didn't want to spend too much time on that. But it's often one. If you can imagine, you can wake up an entire camping ground like I did, proudly or not. Now, on our next podcast, that's an interesting little essay, a little topics that I did is what would you do if money wasn't an issue? I had somebody a couple months ago who ask a very simple question, and that is that question, what would you do if money was on an issue? What would you like to do in your life? Where do you think you would be? How life would be for you? And what would you do for your time on earth? What would you accomplish? You could be, I don't know, buying an island, uh, traveling, I don't know. What would you do? So we're going to be looking at it on our next podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. As you can hear, I'm going to be laughing the rest of the day about this story, because this was a memorable one. I'm wishing you a good day. If you have any comments, you can always uh, send me a message on my website at www.edgintuitive.com. Or you can leave a comment on my podcast channel directly. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much for listening, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.